What's up, guys? Welcome to the Simply Celeste podcast. I'm Selena, and every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'll be coming on with a new episode. The show is all about lifestyle, mindset, and business, giving you the tools you need to live your best life. I believe that everyone deserves to live their best life, so go ahead and share, subscribe, and take notes because the show is going to be absolutely amazing. As always, you can find me on all my social media platforms under Selena Celeste. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into the show. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Simply Celeste podcast. I hope you all are doing well, and it's been a while. Welcome to season two. I am really excited. We have a special guest on the show. Now, today's guest is the owner of his own fitness company, and he helps people get more energy and strength to be able to do the activities they love. Between in-person and online coaching, he's helped hundreds of people look feel, and perform better. He has been featured in media outlets such as Muscle and Strength and Yahoo Sports. And uh, he's just doing things to help people feel better, help people look better, get their dream bodies. He's an amazing person, Mr. Luke Briggs. How's it going, Celeste? Going pretty well. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. And Specifically, what you talk about is what I'm really passionate about is your body, your health, and fitness. And I feel like those three things are very, very important in everyday life. And you pretty much, you know, tackle that every day with other people. But could you tell us a little bit more about what you do specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm based out of Madison, Wisconsin. I am an in-person strength coach, personal trainer. Um, at a gym called Functional Integrated Training. We help people get stronger and uh, just basically be able to live their lives better by getting stronger, getting fitter. Um, And then I also own my own business, uh, Luke Briggs Fitness, where I coach people all over the country and world on, you know, basically uh, mastering their bodies, mastering their health, um, learning how to get strong and learning how to um, get their nutrition to a place where they they can actually like eat more food while being able to achieve the body that they want. That's awesome. You're really helping a lot of people. How, how long have you been doing this exactly? Yeah, so I've been a, a strength coach for about almost six years now. In September, it'll be six years. So, um, you know, I was always someone growing up who was uh, on the thinner and weaker side. So I was always just trying to figure out how I could get bigger and stronger and build more confidence. I was always pretty uh, shy growing up. So for me, it was more of a confidence thing. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I just got so into it that I just decided I'm spending all my free time researching fitness stuff. I might as well make it my profession. So then, um, about six years ago, I became a coach. That's awesome. And how did you 
go from that mentality because you said you used to be on the skinnier weaker side and i know that you know bodies just don't change overnight it takes a lot of dedication a lot of consistency a lot of practice and a lot of grit to really grow and make yourself stronger and i bet you really experienced that while you were going through your little journey but could you tell us a little bit more about like the things and the hardships that you went through while you were transitioning from that stage yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you say consistency, um, because I think that is like really the the missing link that a lot of people have is, you know, doing something, but then doing it consistently. Like I legitimately failed for years at what I was doing. Like I was, I would always be consistent and I just stuck with it because I had a strong purpose, a strong reason why, because I wanted to build more confidence. I didn't like the way I felt or looked. So for me, it, I really had a strong reason why. And that's really what helped is just my drive and determination. You know, I would try all sorts of different programs, all sorts of different things with my nutrition and nothing seemed to work, but ultimately just like through trial and error. Um, and then at one point I had a coach myself um, help train me for a bodybuilding show. So it was actually a process. And that's, that's really what it is, is it, it just takes you know, months or even years of dedication and consistency, many failures, but just picking yourself right up, dusting yourself off and getting right back to it. That's awesome. And I'm happy that you really focused on consistency. And you really said that you fell off the wagon a bunch of times and you had to get back on, you had to do trial and error and, you know, try new things. I feel like, especially with fitness, it's a really like on and off, on and off type of thing with a lot of people. And I think it's very amazing that you, even though you said you weren't as consistent at first, but you kept coming back to it. You never stopped working out. You, you weren't like, oh, I guess this isn't for me or, oh, well, I don't want to do this anymore. You had a really strong why. And uh, I feel like with a lot of people, you know, who are in the gym and they first start out and they don't see the results they want right, right away and they kind of get discouraged and give up and everything. And I bet you've seen that a lot with your clients. Yeah, uh, definitely with some people. Um, I tend to actually work with the population that has a problem with working out too much, to be honest. But Oh, uh, really? Yeah, so the people who I, yeah, some of the people I work with tend to work out too much. But I have worked with definitely a lot of people who also have struggled with consistency, at least when they come to me or us um, in person. Basically, you know, we, we figure out a way to make it work for them and their schedule. And really, like, that's where, like, the accountability aspect comes into play. You know, mm -hmm. I think, like, having that accountability, having, you know, making it easy for yourself by just having someone else guide you through what you need to do makes it a lot easier. Because I think what a lot of people struggle with is they'll go to the gym. They have no idea what they're doing. They might do a few random exercises. They never really see the results they want. And then they end up quitting. And then they'll come back a little later and do it. But then it's really a matter of, you know, getting that accountability, getting someone to really show you, you know, what actually works for your goals. Yeah, I, I, I would think that that's really important because like even when I first started going to the gym, there are a lot of like weird machines and like certain stances and like forms that you have to do to like get maximum results and sometimes like you know watching a youtube video or like seeing it online like with that little like cartoon stick figure is not enough <laughs> to know like what you're doing so 
I, I could imagine like a lot of people will benefit from having that one-on-one -on -one time with somebody who can tell you like, hey, your form's off or hey, hold it this way instead of this way. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely having direction helps. Um, I think in all aspects of life, but especially uh, nutrition, fitness, um, just that accountability. You know, if you're paying someone, then you're going to be more likely to go, that kind of thing. But yeah, it just really helps because like you said, there is so much information out there. And that's one of the things with the internet that is both good and bad because there mm -hmm. is so much information out there. You can learn a lot of stuff really fast. But then there's also so much information out there, and a lot of it oftentimes contradicts itself. So it can be hard to know, like, is this right? Well, this person's saying this, and then this other person's saying mm -hmm. this, and they're completely contradicting each other. So it's definitely hard to know what's right. So that's why it's helpful to go to someone who has worked with someone in your situation, and then they can help guide you on what you actually need to do for you as an individual. I think that's really important. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about the people who work out too much? Like, how does that work? Is that like a bad thing? I feel like, I feel like your body does need rest, but is there a bad thing that comes with working out way too much? Yeah. So actually a lot of people who come to um, the gym I work at in person, um, they, they are, pretty much like exercise fiends. Like they love working out. They come to us a lot of times with injuries. So, um, you know, they will, you know, be runners or sometimes even athletes of whether it be endurance or, or other, other things like they just really love working out. And a lot of times what happens with those folks is they're working out too much. They're putting too much of a stress on their body. They're overstressing their body, or actually I should say they are under recovering. That is one thing that often happens is not necessarily they're, they're placing too much stress. It's just, they're not mm -hmm. recovering well by doing the necessary strength work to bulletproof their bodies from injury. Um, because you know, what, what I believe in is using strength to enhance your life. And, you know, a lot of people don't do strength. Like, you know, there'll be the people out there who they compete in bodybuilding, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, but for the 95, 99% of the population, who just strength trains to enhance their life in some way, shape or form. That's where it's really important to make sure that you're taking that time to bulletproof your body, build that resiliency um, because you know, you need to build up the tendon strength, the muscle strength and a lot of the weak areas so that you can do your activities outside of it, whether that be going for a bike ride, whether that just be playing with your kids as you get older, like it's really important to make sure that you have that strength foundation so that it, so that you can have more energy, have more confidence, have greater strength to be able to do all the things that you want to do in your life. Yeah, I, I feel like people take for granted what their body, what their bodies are able to do, and then when they lose that, or when it starts getting sore, that's when they're like, "Oh man, I should have, you know, gotten stronger. I should have, you know, stretched out more." And it's really interesting. I don't know if you've seen my previous podcast show, uh, but I interviewed a chiropractor and I asked him yeah. like, "What's the number one secret?" Uh, that you recommend for people to stay healthy and he's like you got to keep moving because if you don't move your muscles and your joints are going to get really stiff they're going to get really weak and you're gonna get pain a lot quicker and you're gonna get tighter you know you're not going to be able to move like you used to yeah I completely agree you know what we do is almost prehab prehab versus rehab because you know a lot of people will be reactionary versus pre preventative and ultimately like, you know, when you invest in yourself and when you strength train, 
really what you're doing is you're making it so that you can, you know, save yourself the hassle of all the injuries and surgeries and potentially like diseases later on in life by making sure that you're being proactive about it. So the best thing you can do for your health is, like you said, stay moving, uh, make sure you're moving properly. You're moving the right amount for you and your body. You know, that's, that's really essential to prevent a lot of things as well. Yes. Yeah. And like going back to just doing things to keep you in shape. So later down the road, you won't get disease, you know, fitness and working out, it, it goes hand in hand and also nutrition as well. Just keeping your body in just a good condition and peak for performance. And, uh, you know, you get more sleep, you, you are stronger, you have more energy. I, I just was like always so fascinated with, I wonder what it feels like to have my body like running at optimum level, you know, like, Mm-hmm. But what would it be like if I got like really strong and like really healthy? And um, a lot of people, I don't know. I feel like it's it's something that takes getting used to. It's definitely a lifestyle commitment. There's definitely yeah. no like destination, you know. You're going to be like that for the rest of your life if you want to stay in shape like that. So you're going to be going to the gym like constantly. You're going to be doing those workouts. And a lifestyle switch is like the huge mind shift thing that I see a lot of people struggle with, even myself. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you hit the nail on the head there where you said it's a lifestyle, you know, not a fad. And you said like, you know, when you think of it, let's say you're not working out right now. And then you think of it as, oh, I have to go to the gym five days a week. I have to do all this with my nutrition. I have to sleep eight hours a night. When you think of it like that, it's going to seem very overwhelming. And the more complex we make things, the harder it's going to be to execute. So that's why it's really important to build small, sustainable habits over time. I mean, that applies to any area of your life, but especially from a fitness standpoint too, you know, if you are not working out and all of a sudden you start working out six days a week and that's where you get the new year's resolution people. And the, you know, the joke is always that, you know, Oh, you'll go hard for in January, but in February, we won't see you in the gym anymore. So (laughs) I always see that meme. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So really what happens there is that doing too much too soon and it's not a lifestyle, you know, a lifestyle is where you ingrain one habit at a time. So maybe you start off by, you know, going to the gym a couple days a week. Maybe you start off with, if you're only sleeping five hours a night, sleep five and a half hours a night, or just say, if you're going to bed at you know midnight, one o'clock, go to bed at 1130, you know, just make, make it easy for yourself to do It's It's the compound effect. Like over time, things oh. will add up when you put in the work consistently. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss is that it's really about small, consistent steps over time. And when you do that, you put in that work every single day, it's going to add up over time. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so crazy. I was about to say the compound effect. Have you read that book? I just read it for the third time. Oh my gosh. I love that book so much. And it's so true. Like re- after reading that book and the way that the author, uh, Darren Hardy, like really, really broke things down into how success actually works yeah. and how time is on your side or against you. You know, time's going to be there either way, but you can work with it or work against it. And the way he was like, yeah, like every single day you have a choice to really shape your future and shape, you know, your habit. And over time you'll get momentum. But if you are consistent you will see a change happen no matter what. It's just like the compound effect. It's like a law, you know, and that goes perfectly with the gym. It, it marries like the compound effect in the gym, like marry together so well because they're just, they work so well together because you have to be consistent and you have to break things down or else 
you take too much on at one time, like you were saying, you get overwhelmed and next thing you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to want to do it because it just makes you feel stressed out. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's my favorite. Actually, I think that's my favorite book of all time. And I I love the concept because, you know, it's just a matter of, like you said, just putting in the little things, you know, the, the easier we can make it to execute, the better results we're going to have. So, you know, it's just a matter of doing a little bit more, a little bit better every day. And I kind of want to like, kind of go in deeper on, on that and just like goals in general. I feel uh, as far as like I go, like I used to have a huge problem with setting like massive goals. And there's, you know, like one time I wanted to, uh, for example, uh, very recently I wanted to climb a 14er and uh-huh. I, I remembered what that book said, you know, break it down into small pieces and make it like bite size. And just like that, just remembering that concept, like break down that goal, break it down into small, like doable things. Cause a lot of people make goals and they're like, well, I can't get there yet. You know, I, I don't know how to do that or how to do this. And that concept works so well because it forces you to really break it down into bite-sized pieces. Like what, what can you do today? You know, even though you're not at that specific level yet, what can you do today that will help you get there over time? And that whole concept of just like, okay, take the goal, break it up, leave, leave the huge goal on the shelf for a little bit, but practice on making yourself into the type of person who would form habits to sustain that for a long period of time. That's a lot more rewarding than just getting the goal and being like, yay, I, I climbed this mountain or yay, I'm at this weight. And then it's fleeting. You're just like, well, what do I do now? As opposed to it having been a habit, a lifestyle, it's just you. Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, I think the first thing when you are working, you have a goal in mind is identifying what you can control versus what you can't control. Talking about, Mm -hmm. so you have the outcome. Let's say the outcome is that you want to lose 20 pounds. You can't control what the scale is going to say. However, you can control the effort that you put in, the habits that you do to get to that goal. So I think the first thing is actually setting mini goals that are habit-based versus outcome-based. So you mm-hmm. are in control of that. Um, another thing is actually attaching a meaning to the goal. So, you know, for example, you know, if you want to lift a certain amount of weight, um, you want to work out a certain number of times per week, whatever it is, like you have to have a strong enough reason why you want to actually accomplish that. Actually going back to the book, the compound effect, I know Darren Hardy uses the example. Let's say you have um, a plank, like a 20 foot plank and it's on top of a hundred story building. Like it's the 20 foot plank between 200 foot story buildings. Now, if you put if you're standing on one side of the building and there's a $20 bill on the other side of the building, you're probably not going to ri- you know, risk walking over that plank for the $20. It's mm-hmm. not a big enough reward. Now, yeah. however, he says if the other building is on fire and your child is on the other side, you don't care what, you know, you don't care how big that plank is. You're going to run across that plank and uh, work on saving your child. So, you know, mm-hmm. you really have to have a strong enough reason and some sort of meaning attached to that goal because if you don't know why that goal is important to you it's going to seem like work but if you don't want it to seem like work and you want it to seem like something that is meaningful and actually important and something that you actually want to achieve 
then you're going to be a lot like a lot more likely to do it so you know step one you need to identify what you can and can't control step two identify you know one or two or three small habits that you can perform every single day every single week and then do them consistently that will actually lead you to your goal yeah i think i think that's amazing and that's so powerful because like when you put emotion behind it you you put something behind it that like really gets you motivated puts a fire in your belly you know you are just like a, you know ready to do it you have passion behind it you have meaning behind it and you're more likely to succeed because you know you're passionate about it and so much that, so that you know you you take it seriously as opposed to it being like a fad or like, you know, get my summer body. And then so many people just end up quitting because, yeah. you know, summer starts and they're like, oh, well, I guess next summer in the, <laughs> oof, there it goes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All the motivation is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. You know, the more you, the more invested you are in it, like, you know, it, instead of just like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, it's, oh, I don't want to, you know, grow old and not be able to play with my children or I want to be able to, to see my grandkids. Like, you know, if you think of it like that, then that's going to completely shift the energy toward that goal. It's funny that you say that because have you ever, have you ever heard of Ed Milet? I've heard of him. I haven't really uh, read any of his stuff. He has, well, he's a podcaster and he has like a business, but he has a really great podcast. It's called the Ed Milet Show. And he was talking about his fitness journey and, what really woke him up and the doctor he went in for a like a wellness test and uh, he has a daughter and the doctor came in and he's like do you want to see your daughter get married one day do you want to walk her down the aisle and he was like yeah of course i do and he was like if you keep eating and you keep living the lifestyle that you're living in the way that you're eating you're not going to be able to do that and he was just like oh my god <laughs> like yeah. he he was like, I have never like felt, he got like the chills. And he's like, that is why I'm so dedicated to my fitness routine and being healthy and staying in shape. Like that doctor just like brought it home for him and like scared him so badly. He was like, yep, I'm going to change like right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And it it's so awesome that he, he uh, phrased it like that because sometimes you were faced with a health problem or you're faced with, you know, something physical, whether it be a disease or uh, a health problem. And you realize like, wow, I, I need to like wake up or I might actually die, you know, yeah. and that really scares people. But I feel like no one thinks in that sense of like the future, you know, like, oh, well, I'm in shape now. I'm fine. But it, it, it is really preventative because you're not going to always be like that. Yep, exactly. Like I said, you know, it's thinking about, you know, what's the cost of not doing it? Because, you know, you by not doing it, the cost could be much higher, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, for the people who are listening, and they are wanting to get healthier, and they're wanting to get in the gym more, fix their nutrition, whatever, what kind of like beginner basic tips would you have for somebody who is just getting started? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, you want to establish your goal. I mean, you know, figure out why, again, having a strong attachment to why it is that you want to get into it. Because, you know, if you think of it as, oh, it's going to be work, then you're going to be less likely to want to do it. So instead, think about, you know, what is the reason why I need to do this? And then keep asking yourself why. 
Okay. You know, I want more energy. Okay. Why is that important? So I want to, I want to be able to keep up with my kids. Okay. Why is that important? Because I want to, you know, be able to like add my let, be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. Like, you know, I, you just need to dig deep and figure out why you want it. And you also need to identify what you want to know the course of action that you need to take. You need to identify what you want. So if your goal is to run a half marathon, that's going to be different than if your goal is to get consistent strength training three days a week, you know? Um, so really it's just about, um, knowing what you want, knowing why you want it, and then starting small. So some people, you know, might do well with just jumping and going all in. I would say that's not the majority of the population. The majority of the population is going to benefit from starting with two days a week of strength training. And if you're someone who has like no clue, absolutely no idea what you're doing and doesn't want to waste your time, like in that situation, I would highly recommend getting some help. Like, you know, there are things out there, there are communities you can join, there are gyms you can join, there are coaches you can talk to and work with. Like, you know, really like if you have absolutely no idea what you're doing, get support, get help, put yourself in an optimal environment to succeed. Have, you know, cause if you don't have support, you're not in a proper environment to actually succeed. Like you're just going to go to a gym that's like, you know, 40 miles, you know, 40 minutes away and it, there's, you don't know anyone there, you know, that's not setting yourself up success. So find something that's going to allow you to be, uh, that's going to allow you to, um, have that success by getting like-minded people around you, um, getting a positive environment around you so that you can actually put yourself in a position to succeed. That's good. That's pretty much like the foundation of all of it because you, you need the support. You need to gain those, those habits and you also need to change your mindset before you do anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to get, get the right, uh, right support, right environment, right mindset in place because, you know, if you're not ready mentally to change, you're not going to change. You have to, again, put yourself in that mental state that's going to allow you um, to actually make the changes necessary to achieve your goal. I, I really like that you say that because I, I feel like it's missed a lot of times because, you know, uh, people just go to the gym and, and they're just like, oh, la-di-da, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you have that mindset behind it, though, when you make that mindset shift, you're like so more much more keen and focused and you're focusing on your form. You're really focusing on pushing yourself to that next level. You're a lot more involved into your, your strength training. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you hit it in the nail on the head right there. Like it's having the mindset, you know, of like, you know, instead what a lot of people say is like, you know, it'd be nice if I, if I had some better abs or, you know, maybe I'll try to get to the gym this weekend versus like, I have to have it. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this no matter what, nothing is going to stand in my way. Whereas the other way, you know, it just sounds a lot weaker. It's like, yeah, I might try to get to the gym on Monday versus I'm going to the gym on Monday, no matter what it's in my calendar, I'm going to go crush it. Like it's just having that mindset shift. The way we talk to ourselves is so important as well. Oh yeah. That inner dialogue is so important with everything really, but 
definitely when you have a specific goal, you got to make sure that inner dialogue is on point and that inner dialogue is like pushing you towards your goal and not making excuses or holding you back. You really have to like fight yourself in some cases, especially when you have to wake up early for the gym. I've definitely experienced that. You want to go back to bed, but then that other voice is like, no, get up. You have to go to the gym. You promised yourself. And then the other voice is like, but the bed's so comfortable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you yeah. got to make sure the, the right voice is telling you what to do and you don't give in to the, the weaker voice. It's definitely a struggle, but it takes yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Completely agree. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I <laughs> I really struggled with was just because I am a really early riser, but mm-hmm. I do a lot of things during the morning because I work primarily nights. So I have to wake up earlier and oh man, there was always like those two voices like go back to bed. No, get up. Yes. <laughs> Such yeah. a struggle. I really right. like the five second rule from Mel Robbins. She have you ever heard of that? You literally just took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was Oh my gosh. That's yeah. <laughs> she is that the whole entire concept that she talks about is amazing. And for those of you who don't know what the five second rule is, uh, especially when uh, Mel Robbins was talking about when she made the decision to start taking action towards her life, she sat in bed and she literally did like this countdown uh, in her bed to get up and she counted counted down from five and she uses that all the time when she's kind of working or she she thinks about procrastinating she's like I just gave myself five seconds and she always advises everyone like if you're trying to wake up if you're trying to do something count down from five and then just do it and it it's like that inner dialogue like you have to just be quick to just act because you're going to talk yourself out of it if you don't yep I 100% agree, and that's some, uh, something that I applied with myself when I was struggling hitting snooze a bunch of times when I got mm-hmm. up in the morning. Instead, I would just count down to, you know, five, four, three, two, one, and then just get right up. You know, it's it's this makes it a lot easier. It's like a Band-Aid. You rip it right off, and then <laughs> yeah. you have no reason to stay in bed or no reason to, to stay where you are, for sure. Yeah, it will, and it kind of trains your brain to be like, all right, let's go. You know, you're a lot faster to move. You're a lot quicker to act. You're not rationalizing with yourself, and you just make decisions, like, quickly, and you're able to just do things, like, quickly. It's like, it's like actually just, like, an, like exercising that muscle to just get up and do stuff, like the action muscle. And yeah. I feel like that's a really good, like, underlying benefit of the five-second rule. You just, like, teach yourself, like, go, you know, just go, just do it. Don't don't wait. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Wake up. Do that thing next, especially when you're like doing a lot of work. Just get in that flow mode and don't procrastinate. And that five second rule is just gold. If if no one's like done it before, I highly, highly recommend it. It is amazing. Yes. I love Mel Robbins. She's amazing. I saw her on Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I'm familiar with Tom Bilyeu. I have not watched his stuff, but I've definitely uh, watched some stuff from Mel. She's good. Yeah, yeah. Tom Billy is also really good, but she was on there and she was talking about that, and it was amazing. I think the five-second rule goes really well with trying to wake up for the gym or even just, like, doing things in general. Uh, But uh, another question I really want to ask you is uh, for the people – I want to kind of, like, dive a little bit into the nutrition side of things because I feel like that's a really big percentage of getting fit, too, is, like, getting fit on the inside, not just on the outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
as far as nutrition goes, what do you recommend for people to do who want to eat healthier and like getting fit in that way as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, you know, it's going to obviously depend on the situation, but again, we need to first figure out like where you are because, you know, we need to, in order to build a roadmap to where you want to go, we need to figure out where you are right now. So, you know, really a lot of the, the biggest things I see from people that they struggle with are number one consistency. So just like we talked about before, you know, consistency with the gym also applies to nutrition, like consistency, committing to it, you know, saying like, Oh, I tried something for a couple of weeks or I did a 21 day challenge. Or I did a 30 day challenge and it didn't work or I lost some weight, but then I gained it back. You know, really it's a matter of committing to something for a long period of time and thinking of it as what we were talking about before, a lifestyle, not a diet. Because as soon as we use the word diet, then it seems like something we can't sustain. I always say to the people I'm working with who ask me about a diet that they see that someone lost a bunch of weight on, I say, ask yourself this. If you did something like that where you didn't eat any carbs or ate very low carb or cut out a whole bunch of food, would you be able to sustain that one year from now? And then usually what a lot of people will say is, oh, yeah, I guess not. And mm -hmm. then... So then what we have to say is, okay, well then where are we right now? We need to identify where we are right now. And I mean, you know, some of the most common things that I see that people struggle with are, first of all, having no awareness of what their current intake is of food. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people I'll run into say like, you know, I eat pretty well, but I'm not seeing any results or I'm not losing any body fat. And really it's because they're not tracking their portions at all. You know, you've heard of calories and macronutrients, um, you know, yeah. carbs and fats. So a lot of people have no awareness of what they're currently taking in because not only is what you eat important, but also how much is even more important for most people. So, you know, not having an awareness of their numbers, first of all, you know, knowing what their calorie intake is, you know, a lot of the people I work with, you know, the first thing I have them do is log their food uh, in a food journal for a few days to see where they are. And then a lot of people will be like, oh, maybe I'm not eating how I thought I was eating. Or, oh, normally I would have eaten this, but now that I have to record it, I'm not going to uh, eat mm -hmm. that. So really just bringing awareness. And then uh, another thing that I commonly see is just no consistent intake from day to day. Like, you know, one day people will eat a ton of food. The next day they'll hardly eat anything. Then the next day they'll hardly eat anything. Next day they'll eat a ton or a medium amount, it's just like all over the board. So getting some sort of consistency um, with what people are taking in on a day-to-day -day basis is one of the most important things. And that starts by just bringing awareness of what they're currently taking in. Wow. And I, when you mentioned the food logging thing and that idea that people have in their head of like them eating, but when they actually put it on paper, it's not what they think. I feel like that's a huge like wake-up call because now that I think about it, if I were to log like all my food down, you definitely, I definitely see like, I'd be able to pick out like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have eaten that or I should have eaten more at this time. And yeah. bringing awareness is so important because like, like you said, you don't, you don't know until you like write it down and you're like, oh, wow, this is like really messed up. I, <laughs> I need to change this. But you would have never known if you didn't put it on paper, you know? and brought yourself to like, look at it and like really analyze, like, what am I doing exactly? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's common, you know, across the board, a lot of people 
do that. And then they'll think they're eating well, but then you're only eating well, you know, Monday through Thursday, but then not Friday. And that's one of the most common things we see is I eat pretty well Monday through Thursday. Then, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're out of the routine. And that's really what happens. A lot of people during the weekends is that they'll just eat whatever because they don't have that structure that they normally have during the week. If you have a nine to five job, on the weekends, your schedule is completely different, so then you eat completely different. And one of the first things that I always say to people is get a consistent meal cadence. So for example, if during the week you're eating three times a day, but then during the weekend you're eating all over the place, then what's gonna happen is you're not gonna have that consistency. So what I always suggest is have the same number of meals on the weekend and at about the same time that you would on the weekday too. Like you can have some different foods, but you know, if you normally eat at like 7 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. or something like that. And then on the weekends, you're eating at like 10 a.m., and then eating at like 6 p.m., and then eating at like 10 p.m. Like it just throws you completely off, and you don't have that uh, you know, rigid schedule. And, and you can obviously have some flexibility on the weekends, but getting that consistent schedule or getting like keeping your uh, meal cadence you know, within an hour or so of when you would eat during the week I think is so important as well. Yeah, that that I, I actually didn't put that into account, like the times that you eat, because I feel like everyone is so all over the place anyway, like, it's hard to really eat at the same time every day. But the way your body reacts to it, like I, I noticed like if I eat like past a certain time, like 9pm or something at night, it, it affects my sleep. And mm-hmm. I, I either feel a certain way when I wake up or I don't I fall asleep faster, or I don't. And I, that's a really good thing that you brought that up because food does affect you and especially the times that you eat it and the way your body operates. I feel like it's a lot more natural for your body to know like when it's getting fed and you feel, you know, accordingly at the same time every day. But like you said, it's hard. It's for some people who work, you got to have some flexibility, but like yeah. A, a base schedule you know like don't go like I remember I used to wake up super early on my on my days that I had school and then like on the days that I didn't I ate breakfast at like 10 o'clock <laughs> yeah. everything is like so much more different but keeping a log and keeping track of it is really important too that's awesome what yeah. do you what do you think about people who have issues like making the right food choices and like what to buy and what to cook Yeah. So that's what a lot of people say is like, you know, I don't know what to eat. I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to cook. And again, this is where I just need to keep it really simple. Like, you know, with every meal, like the most missed macronutrient by far is protein. Uh, Most people, I can like pretty much know exactly what someone's food log is going to look like before I even see it. It's going to (laughs) be, it's going to be way too low in protein. And uh, go on a slight side note here. Um, that is also one of the reasons why people have a lot, a lot are like hungry all the time because they don't eat very filling foods. But when mm. you get your protein up, that is like the most filling of the macronutrients. It requires the most energy for your body to digest. So getting your protein up is going to keep you fuller. It's also going to keep your calories down. I always give the example. Um, you could have like a four or five ounce piece of chicken or six ounce piece of chicken. That's like, you know, a couple hundred calories and you'll feel stuffed. And then you could have like an entire bag of potato chips. That's like a thousand calories. And you know, about 20 minutes later, you're still hungry because your body burns right through that. So mm-hmm. it's really important that you have some sort of protein source with every meal. 
um, have some sorts of veggies. Those are the lowest in calories, the going to be very nutrient dense, um, and then also will keep you very full. So making sure you're having some sort of protein source. So just like when you're making your grocery list for the week, the thing that people make the mistake with is just go, just winging it. So having some sort of plan going into the grocery store. Um, I mean, you can, you know, there are all sorts of recipes out there nowadays. Like there, you know, again, with talking about the internet, all the information out there, like there's really no excuse to not have stuff to make. It's just really knowing what the right stuff is. So having some sort of protein source with every meal, like for breakfast, you can have eggs, egg whites, you can have protein powder. For lunch, you can have, you know, lean ground beef, lean ground turkey, boneless, skinless chicken breast, tilapia, like you can rotate things. Um, for dinner, you can have a lot of the same things that I just mentioned. Like it's just about like finding a protein source for every meal, uh, finding some sort of vegetable for every meal, like any vegetables, good tomatoes, lettuce, cucumbers, zucchini, you can make a salad, you can mix it all together, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, having some sort of, you know, complex carbohydrate source, you can have, you know, brown rice, quinoa, sweet potato. For breakfast, you can have oats. I mean, you can mix in all sorts of different stuff. It's just a matter of getting the right foods um, and then mm -hmm. having them prepared ahead of time. And that's really one of the, the mistakes that I see people have is just winging it going into the day. So making sure that you're making time every single week to grocery shop, actually having a plan of attack. And then, you know, for variety's sake, you can just mix in like different spices, seasonings, uh, you can you can have the same stuff like you can consistently have like chicken or tilapia or ground beef and then just like switch out seasonings like you can have I have like chicken rub on a lot of my stuff or like you know have like paprika or have barbecue uh, seasoning or something like that just like rotate the stuff you put on it um, you can put on a bunch of different sauces um, Walden Farms makes a lot of calorie free sauces that I use and I put that on stuff and rotate the different flavors. I put mustard on stuff. Like you can mix things up. It's just a matter of getting creative, uh, not overcomplicating things. Um, just like having a plan of attack going into the day is really one of the things that I recommend because what happens is a lot of people just go into the day winging it. So making sure you're doing your grocery shopping one to two days a week, making sure you're doing some sort of meal preps. You have stuff cooked and prepared ahead of time so that it's just mm -hmm. easy to just pull it out during the day and it makes it a lot easier to actually um, execute your plan. I like that. It's almost like a formula. Like you, you have a specific formula, like you said, you've got your protein, you got your complex carbs and you know, your veggies and you just kind of like plug it in, you know, and just like, Oh, I want chicken today. I want tilapia next week. And then I'll have that meal with like some, cucumbers and squash and then I'll add this sauce to it and it, it kind of sounds like a formula almost and I, I also agree with making it simple because in our minds and I know especially with myself it can seem like things are like really complicated but it's because you overly like think about it or make it too complicated but just thinking about it breaking it down like we were saying earlier into like simple you know bite-sized pieces maybe like scheduling a day for meal prep. I think that's yeah. like a good like starting ground, like schedule a day for meal prep. So you have a dedicated amount of time to like consciously prepare your food and then the rest of the week you're good to go. You know, you don't have to worry about having time for a meal or making it. You just have it there with you. Yes, that's a very good point. And 
that's actually one of the things like, you know, a lot of people have a lot of things going on. Like they have, you know, job, kids, you know, social life, they got tons of stuff going on during the week. And then what happens is then when you're not prepared, then you tend to make poor choices with your nutrition. Like you tend to stop at a fast food place. You tend to just grab whatever's available versus actually intentionally making that time. That's why I think it's so important to be intentional, not reactive when it comes to your meal prep is intentionally scheduling out that time. Like I work with people who, you know, have multiple children, have demanding jobs and they still make time for it every single week. Like they know that it is a necessity, like taking care of themselves is a necessity so that they're able to be better for the others around them. But, you know, just making sure that you are scheduling that time and then identifying what you want to accomplish. I think a lot of people just go into meal prep and say like, oh, this is going to take so long. This is going to take forever. Instead of just identify going into it what you want to accomplish. Okay, I want to make, uh, there are seven days this week. I want to make seven chicken bre- uh, seven pieces of chicken breast. I want to make uh, seven servings of uh, ground beef. I want to make seven uh, sweet potatoes. Like Just like identify um, what you want to do ahead of time and make it really easy for yourself. Then just like cook it in bulk. So just make all your sweet potatoes at the same time. Make all your chicken at the same time. Uh, make all your ground beef or whatever food choices that you choose to make at the same time and then just make it really easy for yourself. So then again, like we talked about, you can just pull it out during the week. Yes, yes. And it makes your life so much easier and you're able to have time to do so many more things. Yeah, exactly. You'll be amazed at uh, time that will, will come up when you actually aren't cooking for every meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time and a lot of effort when you have to do it every single day. Yes. Uh, well, Luke, we're ending, we're nearing the end of our show, and I've really enjoyed talking to you about health and fitness in general. I learned some stuff. I always like these podcasts for, with that I do with others because I'm over here taking notes because I'm learning a lot, and I hope that our listeners were able to gain a lot of knowledge from you as well. You definitely had a lot of good tips and a lot of good pointers, so I really appreciate that. Um, and also, I always ask my guests at the very end of the show one last question, and it is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind for the work that you do with others? Yeah, that's a good question. So really the legacy that I want to leave behind um, pretty much stems from things that I used to struggle with, you know, like learning, teaching people to actually get control of their bodies and, and learn to actually have fun with it. I think a lot of people, you know, just get stressed out with things. And really the legacy that I want to leave is teaching them how to just teaching people a sustainable approach to, to fitness and making it a lifestyle and actually enjoying it, you know, make, you know, continue teaching them how to continually make progress and have fun with it. So it doesn't seem like a chore and it seems more like something that's just ingrained in you and a part of your lifestyle, because I think that your health is the most important thing that you have, you know, what, you know, no matter who, who depends on you in your life, you know, whether it's your kids or employees or whoever, like if you're not at your best, then you're not going to be your, the others are getting the lesser version of you. So you want to be at your highest version of yourself. And that always starts with taking care of yourself. And the first and most important thing is taking care of your own health. Yes. Health is wealth and health is everything. I don't care how rich or you know, successful or, you know, how popular you are. If you're not healthy, it's not going to be good. (laughs) You're not going to feel good no matter how many, you know, outside forces are 
uh, like in your favor. But inside definitely counts. And I feel like what you're doing and really breaking it down for people and really giving them one-on-one training and coaching, but also education uh, so they know it and they can apply it themselves and make themselves better. I think that is an amazing thing that you're doing. Thank you. And I just want to thank you one more time for coming on the show. And guys, if you want to hit up Luke, see what he's doing, I'm going to leave all of the links and everything that is related to his fitness business attached to the description of this podcast as well in the comment section. And guys, I am just going to say this now. You only have one life. You only have one body. Take care of it. It's going to reap a lot more rewards if you do it now but luke thanks again for coming on the show and guys we will see you again next week for another new episode i hope everyone has a great day you just finished listening to a brand new episode of the simply celeste podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it and as always you can find me on social media at selena celeste or simply celeste podcast don't forget to like subscribe and share this podcast and as always i'll see you guys later for another episode